Welcome back to Overtime. Joining me now on the Valley Telecom Hotline is former Thatcher Eagle, Elliot Johnson. He's also been around Major League Baseball for a little while, a former Major League Baseball player now, but wanted to bring him in and uh, talk a little bit about the Thatcher-Safford game from his perspective as a guy that grew up here and then has gone on and done other things in his life. So, Elliot, welcome to the program, man. Thanks for having me, Lee. I appreciate you uh, taking the call on short notice. I, sometimes I wish I had these ideas, you know, like weeks in advance, but that <laughs> that never happens. So uh, let's let's catch everybody up on you. Um, last time we knew you were playing Major League Baseball, but uh, now that's not the case. So what's what's the life of Elliot Johnson like now? Uh, I'm a full-time dad. I've got twin girls that are three, almost four, and my oldest son, Blake, is uh, seven, almost eight. So a lot of time of taking them to school picking them up uh, is all right with me and then uh, you know, I've moved into some other things that I do a lot of business development uh, a lot of agency selection for kids that are searching for an agent and pursuing a major league career like I had for a while wow that's uh, feels like a little giving back type thing I mean guiding the guys through the process was was that process something that was intimidating to you when you started I don't want to say intimidating. I suppose on a lot of levels it is, but you'd be surprised at how overmatched and overwhelmed uh, a lot of these families are. You know, if you don't have anybody that's in the know, I mean, you know, like my family in particular, just, you know, coming from Thatcher, you know, we didn't really have anybody that knew anything about that. You know, of course, I'm going to date myself, but 2002 is when we still had dial-up internet. So, you know, we, we didn't have any access to this information. In a lot of ways, you get taken advantage of if you're not on in the know. And so my job is just to educate these people now and get them in the know because, you know, it's a passion of mine that nobody's going to go through the way that I went through it you know if you just if you can throw 93 if you can run a 6 4 60 and hit the ball 400 feet from both sides of the plate you're a first round pick not a free agent out of high school so my my mission is just to make sure that guys get the right advice the right uh information presented to them from an objective source and so you know they don't have to go through the way that I did obviously it worked out but uh it was a long road man yeah, it definitely was a long road, and you did um, did your time, so to speak. I mean, and not always the easy time. You were you were always that guy that were you know in Major League Baseball you get dubbed the utility guy, and I don't know if that's a good thing because then you only play when somebody else is injured or needs a day off. Well, yeah, yes and no. I mean, so 2012, Longo got hurt, and I played. Uh, I think I had 112 games, 120 games, something like that that year. Um, you know, it's just it just comes because, you know, if you're not going to hit consistently and I don't think people understand how difficult it is to hit these days where everyone's throwing 95 plus And if they're not, then they're like a knuckleball guy or a sidearm guy. And so, you know, it, it, everyone specializes. Everybody throws really, really hard. And those are the guys that continue to do it. Not only are they throwing hard, but there's guys in triple A, double A that are waiting in the wings. I mean, I went to a Durham Bulls game recently. There's guys throwing, you know, from first pitch of the game, 95, 96, and then the last pitch of the game, 98, 99. So, I mean, people really don't understand what what that is like in terms of difficulty. And, like, you know, they'll go back to their time growing up in the 80s and 90s when there was maybe one guy in the show the whole time. Well, every single pitch, every at-bat that you face is going to be somebody throwing that hard. You know, I've had at-bats against Max Scherzer, one of the best pitchers of the game, where he gets me 3-2 and he doesn't throw me 98. He throws me a changeup. You know, and it's not like I'm hitting 3-4 in the order. You know, they respect everyone. They pay attention to detail and they take everyone seriously. Um, so, you know, it, it's just it's just the matter of the way that the game is trending. And for me as a utility guy, it's just because I was athletic enough to play all these other positions. It's actually quite challenging to do that, but it comes out of necessity if you're not going to be able to contribute with the bat for 162 games. Right, and, and 162 games is – I'm a, I'm a huge baseball fan, so I get it, but 162 games is a grind, man. Fact. 
but it, unless you live it, I mean, you, you can you can speak to it there. But you know, I mean, if if you haven't lived it, I mean, even the minor league season where it's 142 games, but then you you don't take into consideration the 30 games you play in spring training, and then the entire off season of work. You know, I mean, I would only take four weeks off in the off season, and then you get right back into the weight room, and that's a five five six day a week job. You know, and and so your body takes a toll, and you know you end up in the hot tub every day, the cold tub every night. Um, that's just a fact. That's just the way that it is. And everybody will say it's not a contact sport. Well, I promise you, if you're running 20 miles an hour, you know, stealing a base or you know going to hit hit a catcher or whatever, and then you stop, um, it takes a toll on your body. Same thing with diving for balls. You know, and I always had to make sure I did that to bring value to the field. So, you know, it's just one of those things where after a while, you know, it feels like whiplash, um, and you don't really notice that or take take a notice of that unless you do it yourself yeah and uh, that's that's definitely for sure as a catcher growing up i i understand the contact part part of it but not the 162 game part of it and um that leads me into why we had you on the air today the thatcher safford game um you were a member of this rivalry when you were in high school um you were a baseball guy obviously but you were around uh, all of it uh, talk about how maybe the thatcher safford rivalry and just small town athletics prepared you for maybe where you are today in your life well so for me specifically like you know i didn't really make friends with any of the safford guys like i respect them 100 percent, you know but for me i mean i didn't particularly like them just because you know you know sure it's a rivalry in some respects but you know their enrollment was you know close to double ours and so you know we were always we always felt like you're at a disadvantage uh simply from a number standpoint i mean there's a reason why they they classify schools the way that they do and so if, you, if you're playing a school that's in a larger division than you i mean obviously you're already at a disadvantage just pure numbers wise it's just the way it works but we our group we we played sports all the time all day every day i mean we we're always playing basketball baseball football we we're always doing something and so we kind of had that advantage over everybody else where we just you know it didn't matter who we were facing we were going to be competitive i mean you think about i mean if, if we were going to go play baseball you know just you know me leon Michael Romney, you know, I mean, we had a lot of really good players. If we would have gone and played and say Leon or I pitch, I mean, we, we would have been able to compete against 5A schools, no problem. Um, but, you know, just from a standpoint of, you know, 2A versus 3A is what it was when we were there. You know, we knew that they were always going to have more bodies out there. But, you know, competition-wise, we were generally always more talented than they were, just simply because the guys that we had, the core guys that we had were so much better um, athletes. That's just the way that it was in our time period you know of course that's always subject to change but for us we didn't really consider it a huge you know rivalry because they, they generally weren't always incredibly competitive and I, I know that might be come off as offensive but i mean the 2000 game it, it means says everything 54 to nothing right right that was the final right so i mean you know it's not it's not that we didn't respect them or any of that nature it's just you know it wasn't like a game where like Marinci, for example, they were they were a much more competitive game, just solely because the talent they had in those particular years was a little bit better, um, and they beat us that year in 2001. So, you know, it just it just depends on you know it always matches up. Of course, their field you know is right right around the corner, a couple miles away from ours, and you know you know we always want to make sure that we show them up because you don't want to roll up to Sonic later that night or on a Saturday and have to see those guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's for sure. And you've you've traveled all over the country playing the game you love of baseball, and you've seen guys from big schools in small schools, and I've seen it in a small sample size with Eastern Arizona College. To me, it feels like guys that grow up in a small town 
have a better work ethic. I guess that's what I'm going at. They work harder. They understand uh, how to play with heart and passion. Is that something you've seen over the years? Uh, you know, it, I, I can't speak to that specifically, Lee. I mean, everybody's a little bit different. I think everybody is a is a product of their environment and their circumstances. I think, you know, for me specifically and, and the guys that I've seen, you, you just have fewer opportunities, so you try to make the most of them as best you can. You think about, you know, um, you know, all the players that we had that never really got a chance to get drafted, you know, like, you know, a good example, Jason Hughes or Mike Romney. Um, you know, I mean, I could go on and on and on about plenty of baseball players that if you're in a, if we were in that Phoenix market, they would, they would get drafted fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're running that fast, if you're that strong, um, you know, if you're throwing that hard, I mean, guys are going to take, I played with plenty of guys that were not nearly as talented as those two guys right off the top of my head. Um, you know, and that's just the way that it is. So I think that we, we always had to fight for everything, for all the respect that we always get, because, you know, automatically, if they say that you're from a small town, they just kind of write you off because why not come to a big town? Well, you know, I was born there and I live there. I don't know what you want from me. My parents work there. I don't, <laughs> right. I, I wasn't leave, you know, and so you just make the most of what you got. And so I think that was something that we were always kind of, you kind of have more so, I guess the better way to describe it, Lee, would be we kind of have more of a chip on our shoulder because we're always fighting for respect and they won't give it to us unless we take it. And I think uh, you were a good example of that. I mean, you didn't have the easy route. You might have had the hardest route available at the time for you. And and to make it to the major league system and to play, like you said, 112 to 120 games in one season uh, was a lot of work. And it sounds like uh, ultimately took a lot out of you. Uh, Well, yes and no. I mean, you know, I, I, I didn't know anything else. I mean, it was my dad's dream for him and his dad's dream for him. And, you know, I got to live it out. You know, I had all, you know, I, and, you know, even Joe Madden, you know, World Series champion manager, he on his exit interview with the from the race to, before he went to the Cubs, he gave he gave me the credit for um, the, the Rays culture changing the turning point where he said that, you know, when I broke uh, for San Francisco Cervelli's wrist, he said it was uh, as symbolic of a turning point for the culture of the Rays than any other point in history. Uh, you'd have to look up his exact quote. Uh, on the internet there. Uh, Bill Chastain wrote that article. And so, you know, I mean, it's just part of who I was. And believe it or not, it was like, it was me hitting the catcher as if I was hitting a guy uh, when I had football pads on all those years ago at Thatcher Uniform. Yeah, and, and that's still, I still think everybody who follows baseballs re- baseball remembers that. I mean, I do as a guy who appreciates small town guys getting a shot at the big time, but that's something you had to do uh, to help make a ball club. And you mentioned it earlier in the interview, that's you know, the value to the club. You had to run through a brick wall um, for the club and you pretty much did. Fact. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just the way that it is. I mean, yeah. you, you have to, I would have done it to be honest with you, Lee, like if I was on a 20 game head streak, I would, I would have done the same yeah, thing. That's just, that was, your, you that's know? your style. Yeah. I, 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 right. I do know that. I mean, I got to saw, see you a little bit in high school. I believe, um, I believe I saw you play, um, a, f- a fair few amount of games. I mean, that's how you guys, that's how, how your whole family played too. I mean, I saw your brother, um, hit a blooper to center field and slide into second with a double, you know, I mean, that's just, that's just the way you guys played the baseball game and, and it paid off for you. And, and for those of us that never got to in the small town people, we appreciate when, when that happens. Um, so one final, one final thought on the Thatcher Safford game. I mean, just, just in general, I mean, it, it's going to be huge. It's at EAC this year. I mean, there's going to be 2,500 or 3,000 people there to watch the game. That environment is is huge for a small town. Oh, that's awesome. It's, it's fun. I, I promise you it's a lot of fun. So, I mean, 
you know, we when the games are close, and I guess I guess our fans kind of took it for granted. You know, when we were there, we were so much better. Um, you just look at the number, the scores. You know, a lot of those games ended at halftime. So our fan base kind of took for granted. You know what what it was like to to you know come out and support the team. You know, because they were never really good. You think about it, every single game you go to ends up being a laugh, or they're not really all that fun. And so one of the the knocks against our our group, our fans, was that they're really really quiet. Well, I mean, in fairness to them, if you're not really on the edge of your seat, you know, then you aren't really giving them a reason to cheer. But, you know, it, it, the idea is the more competitive it is, the more fun it is, the more entertaining it is. Of course, you want to win, but when it's when it's compelling, it's a whole lot more fun. Um, no different than the World Series last year with the Indians and Cubs. I mean, how much fun was that? I mean, it came down to one run, extra innings. I mean, that was as fun as it gets. But if, it, if it's a four-game sweep, you know, it's it's not nearly as compelling. Right. So if all the 3,000 guys get out there and both teams are evenly matched and it ends up coming down to the very last drive, that's what you're looking for. And those are the things that make those kind of uh, rivalries compelling. I mean, it makes it a lot of fun when everybody's evenly matched up and, you know, it's just, it comes down to one player or the other, one team or the other, you know, those are the ones that you want to watch and that's what it's really built on uh, and when it's really, really competitive because if it's not, then, you know, it's not really compelling enough for everybody to go out and, and come out and yell and scream and pour their hearts into the game if, if you know what the, if you know what I mean no, by that. No, I know exactly. I know exactly. appreciate your time, man. I, I know you're a busy guy over on... Yeah, thank you, Lee. Go Eagles.